0: The following episode was recorded initially for the one-on-one podcast, but as the theme of our conversation follows very well the topics covered in Food Broken Promises, I decided to publish the episode again so that you don't miss out on this great conversation. So enjoy.
1: hardest industry to work in in the world. The one that suffers the most drug abuse, most alcohol abuse, racism, employee uh, discrimination. It's extremely hard to work in a kitchen. to be able to serve, you need to be very humble. But also to be able to say, I'm a generalist, and this is not Antoine's cuisine or Ramsey's cuisine. This is Peruvian cuisine. So it's not, it, your name is not on the door. My name is not on the door, it's called Attica.
0: This is One on One, a Table for Two production. I am Antoine Abou So A
1: lot of people think restaurants are about cuisine. It's not true. A lot of restaurants have great chefs, but truly, truly makes a restaurant different service.
0: Every week, One on One dives into the world of food and wine through the eyes and experience of my guests. In each episode, you will discover their journey, what matters to them, the challenge they have faced, and how the world of food and wine is evolving.
1: There's always a million reasons to say no, and there's one reason to say yes. And that reason is helpless optimism.
0: Hello to One on One. It's a great pleasure to welcome Ramzi Saade, the founder of Attica, and in a second is going to tell us all about this new Revolutionary concept of a restaurant that is going to be starting in Paris very soon. Good evening, Ramzi.
1: Hey Antoine. Good evening. Thanks for having me on the show. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing today?
0: Yes, enjoying the entrepreneurial life
1: as 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 much as anything. It's
0: uh,
1: <laughs> it's amazing. You know, I. It, you don't believe that that uh, that you're at work because you're doing something you do that you love and, and you're happy to do it for free i i don't believe that people pay us to do what we do it's uh, it's a passion
0: okay so if you don't get money you're fine
1: absolutely we're, we're in this for the love and and to give meaning to our lives and as long as we can eat at the end of the day it's uh it's enough you know we a lot of people in, in our in our profession we uh get energized and satisfied by seeing people smile. That's all we need.
0: That's nice. But now uh, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is how did you get the idea of Attica? We'll go into the details of what it is exactly because it is a revolutionary concept. But first of all, how did you get to because INSEAD, so top MBA uh, in the world, to cooking, to a restaurant? something somewhere
1: uh, uh, yeah some people say it's not coherent it's it's a bit of a
0: shortcut yeah
1: i I see it as as pretty coherent to be honest with you but my ever since i was a child what made me happy was creating moments that make people happy in a first life i was an engineer where i was a project manager for construction projects and i used to create spaces that make people happy Uh, and that was in, in Qatar, lebanon canada and then in a second life, I became a chef studying at the Cordon Bleu Culinary Institute. And from there, I started creating moments around the table that make people happy. And that excited me a lot more.
0: Why and did then, you have the, sorry, why did you have the idea of becoming a chef or, you know, learning uh, how to cook at, at Cordon Bleu?
1: It's, uh, you know, we all had a, a few moments that define our life. One of the moments happened when I was in engineering, uh, working in engineering, and, and I went to this culinary show, and Gordon and Bleu had a stand there, and I met my mentor, who's called Chef Hervé, and, and I met him, and and he said, kid, that sparkle in your eyes will never fade away. You need to do something about it. You really love our profession. And at the time, I loved hosting people. I've been cooking ever since I was three years old. My friends are always coming to my place uh, for for uh, for meals, and I love that. And uh, he said, you should do something about it. And I, at that time, I said, why not invest a year of my life to see what it feels like? And I went to culinary school. And then from one restaurant to the other, I ended, I ended up at working at Canada's best restaurant. And that changed my life
0: also. So why didn't you start cooking from the beginning? Because you had to be an engineer? or
1: <laughs> now, now you're asking a very... Uh, very cultural question uh, uh, Lebanese-Canadian. <laughs> and, and, and so, so we share the Lebanese uh, side, you and I. And yeah, we, uh, you know, to to say it's right, in, in Lebanon, we're engineers, doctors, or lawyers. That's what traditionally is accepted socially. Yeah, cook and doesn't make food. it. Yeah, yeah a cook, a cook doesn't cut it. A cook means you weren't accepted in any other profession. And uh, I think it's important that we talk about it for the next generation not to make the same mistakes we made. Uh, which is pursue what you love in life and, and don't worry about social stigma. If you're great at what you do, you can you can change the world and, and do whatever is meaningful to you. And yeah, what a lot of affected me was that social pressure to one be one of these traditional professions. I was good at math. My father is an engineer, it was a no-brainer that I become an engineer yeah. at the time, but it was also no harder. And as you grow in life, you learn to listen to your heart more than your brain. And that's what so, I did.
0: But somehow being an engineer and being good at math also helps when you have a restaurant because there are processes and things like that that you have to follow. <laughs> so I guess I mean, my are, restaurant uh, is, the,
1: is the least artsy restaurant and the most sciencey restaurant you're going to find because <laughs> the, the engineer is in there, obviously. Uh, that's on the sensory element that we'll talk about that in a bit. But also from a business side. You know, I approach Attica and anything I touch, all my work uh, as, a, as a business. I think business is at the foundation of society. We need businesses to work and we need to think like businesses. Uh, this is not an arts project. Yes, there's a lot of heart in it, but it needs to make sense to the brain. It needs to make sense to society and it needs to be a business. But yes, I have some, some engineering rigor that I bring forward uh, to my work as a
0: chef. So let's talk about Attica. What's your elevator to pitch? <laughs> That's my elevator pitch. Because probably you'd have, you must have told it, you know, thousands of times with investors. Yeah, well, it, it's funny
1: actually. I've, I've, uh, I have never been in an elevator with somebody that I pitched, but somehow, I, yes, you're right. I have an elevator pitch. Uh, and in actual Atika, at Atika, we create multisensory experiences that spark cultural curiosity. That's the reason we exist. Well, we want to spark cultural curiosity. The way between cultures of the world, the way we chose to do that was to work in the five senses. It's the multisensory at the service of the multicultural.
0: The first thing that comes to mind is ultraviolet, Shanghai. Yeah. Uh, when we talk about multisensory, and you, you, when we were talking about 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 you, about Arika before, you told me it has nothing to do. <laughs> well, it, it has diverse. a lot to do because it,
1: Paul is an inspiration. Yeah. Paul is a, an institution. A lot of people in, in my profession are inspired by Paul Perrier. He was the first chef to learn how to work the five senses. Uh, so absolutely, it's an inspiration. And actually, a, a lot of the people who helped Paul build Yves are now part of Artica's team, and they're helping us build Attica. So there's absolutely a continuation there. Um, and That's I was planning to go... I was planning to go actually do an internship at Paul's restaurant when I was living in Singapore, and then they closed about a a month before, two months before Europe, so I couldn't go because of COVID. The difference that we do with Paul, Paul is uh, one of the best experiences you're going to see on the planet when it comes to uh, the work of one person. It's a chef d'oeuvre, we say. It's It's a piece of art by one artist presenting his work surrealist and realist cuisine, but it's his work, it's Polkai's work. At Atika, I'm not presenting my work. This project's not about me. I'm not the artist being put forward. Atika is a platform where we showcase multiple artists' work to present their own cultures. So instead of us, of you coming and tasting Ramsay's cuisine or Atika's cuisine, you're gonna taste cuisines from different cultures. So um, to give you some perspective, every season, we put forward different different culture of the world. And we work the five senses to help you travel there and discover that culture. For instance, if a season is about Peru, you're going to enjoy Peruvian gastronomy in our space that it looks like a planetarium. It's a projection dome. So there's going to be projections that will put you in Peru in a 3D environment. There is temperature control systems, smells, music. And we work your five senses to take you to Peru. And every season, we look at a different culture and we put different a uh, different country of the world forward to help you discover all these cultures.
0: The chefs are, you are preparing the menus or you have chefs coming to be serving those menus specifically, say, for the Peruvian one, for instance?
1: Well, it's, it's a super interesting question because chefs that work in gastronomy, in fine dining, yeah. the, uh, all of us who worked in Michelin star restaurants we're generalists. We know how to execute any menu when it comes to execution. But in, in cuisine, there's execution and creation. When it comes to creation, however, you should rely on specialists. There are people that spend their life cooking meals from the same culture. So at Atika, when we create the next season, we work with a specialist chef in collaboration to design the menu that best represents their culture. And then night in, night out, we execute it's the same team at Antica that knows our clients and knows uh, what people like in Paris that will execute. We collaborate to create the menu. We're the team executing every, every season. So generalist cooks. And it's also super cool for our team. We'll talk if you want a little bit about team, but we talk a lot about the client side of Antica, but the, the staff side. I come from an industry that is the hardest industry to work in in the world. The one that suffers the most drug abuse, most alcohol abuse. Racism, employee uh, discrimination—it's extremely hard to work in a kitchen. So, um, especially after COVID, people felt like they would not go back and work in this industry. We need to give chefs a reason to stay in the industry, as well as waiters and service staff. And at Attica, I'm trying to do that by creating to them, the, giving them the opportunity to cook all these cultures. You know, instead of going to be in a specialist restaurant, you come and work at Attica and you get exposed to all these cultures, you'll have a much more rounded experience by the time you're an alumni from our restaurant and you go start your own venture. Um, we want to be able to give you all these experiences to enrich your work as a
0: chef. As you were talking about the, uh, the, the, the talents, the people working at the restaurant, um, in our conversation with Minter Dai in one of the previous one on one the he was mentioning about this big issue that restaurateurs have uh, to find talents because, yeah, people don't want to work uh, because of all the issues that you, that you were basically for long uh,
1: hours. We didn't speak, yes. for long hour. What, no job lets you stand 12 16 hours a day uh, in 2022 other than Russia.
0: So, so your operation is, is a complex one because there is this you know, the multi-sensory aspect of it. So there's all the technology that goes around this. So the creative and technical yeah. team. Yeah. So that, that's the first thing. The second one is the creation of the menu per se, because people are here to eat at the end of the day. Yes. Uh, so there is here a collaboration with people from the countries of origin, the specialists and your team uh, locally to actually execute and deliver to the best of their ability. Yeah. So you have to manage that and you have to manage the business and you have to make sure that people are going to come and actually, you know, experience and, 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 and come to Attica because you said it, at the end of the day, it is a business so that you can't sustain, We're here for customers. No? Yes. You, you, are you're there to sustain the livelihood also of your team. What is the first question that those, that the people that want to work or potentially work for Attica and for your project, for your dream project, what are the first questions and how do you convince them to come on board? Especially the, no the one... first questions
1: that I ask or they ask
0: you? Both.
1: Both. I think we're talking about the difficulties of our industry. One of the difficulties that, that came on board, you know, it's interesting in humanity, every few years we have a profession that takes over. In, in, the, in the Enlightenment days, it was the, the, the complete man that was people that were philosophers, poets and the people of science, and then at some point, astronomers, and then the industrial revolution, it was engineers and manufacturers, and then politicians at some point. In the recent years, for some reason, chefs are on the spotlight. Instagram helped, movies helped, so everybody looks at chefs. That's great, and now we have Netflix, we have Top Chefs, we have a lot of people watching and consuming content about the profession of being a chef. The problem that that created on the other side is ego. A lot of chefs today are in it for the Instagram followers. You and sure? They're in it for really? the wrong reasons. Because <laughs> yeah, it, it's hot, because you can go out with great models, because you're going to be invited to great parties. And it's, it, it becomes a borderline influencer work than a life of service. Uh, a lot of us chose a life of service. We get joy from serving others. A synonym to service. And a fundamental ingredient to service is humility. So one of my first questions are ways of gauging is this person humble? Because to be able to serve, you need to be very humble. But also to be able to say, I'm a generalist, and this is not Antoine's cuisine or Renzi's cuisine. This is Peruvian cuisine. So it's not. It, your name is not on the door. My name is not on the door. It's called Atica. And to be able to put that back and say, I want to put forward a beautiful culture of the world. And it's about them, not about me. I seek humility in my people, but also humility at the next season to start from scratch and say, yes, we did the Peru season really well. We're about to do the Japan season. Can we put our ego aside and try to listen to this Japanese staff that we brought in to be able to collaborate with them? So humility is fundamental.
0: Is it Uh, easy to find? Easy to find?
1: No, no, and Instagram is making it harder. Um, because it's, it's a tough about...
0: job. It's a tough job. Being a super chef, tough job. being it's a cook, a... is a super complicated, tough... It's not Top Chef. You know, people have these, these the People have these, these ideas as, oh, okay, I saw Top chefs. It's, it's cool. It's great. Okay, it's, it's great television, but this is not being a chef. Try or doing 300
1: cook. covers in a chef. Try standing it's, for 16 it, hours.
0: You don't it, do that at Top Chef. If you don't have... I always say that if you don't have the pathology to be a chef, to be a cook... It's not a job for you. It's yeah. something you have to be so dedicated to it that it's... You have to be borderline
1: crazy. And, 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 and to be crazy, you need to have heart. And to have heart, you need to have a passion. And the passion needs to come. The only thing you're going to get, you don't even get a paycheck. Our salaries are one of the lowest industries in the world. It's super tough financially. People don't do this for the money. In Europe, there's no tips. People don't even do it for tips. Some people say in the US or in Canada you know, you're in for the tips, sure. In Europe, there's no tips. So you're doing this for true reasons of self-actualization. Give meaning to your life. And it goes fundamentally to your heart. So, It, goes, it transcends any, any superficial reason. So I'm, when I'm interviewing the candidate, I want to know why they're here. We talked a lot about the chef. I just want to also do justice to the service staff. So a lot of people think restaurants are about cuisine. It's not true. A lot of restaurants have great chefs, but truly, truly makes a restaurant different is service. And that's even harder to find today in a world where ego overtakes a lot of our conversations and the way we behave in society and the way we behave online. To be able to say, I'm going to serve you, that takes a lot of humility. And, and finding these personalities today is hard. It's also hard to find people that want to spend their life doing this. Everybody wants to do it as a summer job in university for some dollars thing, aside. Yeah, yeah but do you want to commit your life to serving people and cleaning tables after people? Now that's also even more difficult.
0: So you're looking for humility in the candidates. What are yeah. the candidates looking for?
1: Candidates are looking for culture. They want to work in a good core. Uh, so I'm not talking now about a mm. country's culture. I'm talking about mm. corporate culture. I've had pants thrown at me in kitchens. I've been called racist names that I don't even have the nerve to say out loud to you. I have been treated with ways that you don't think
0: are human. Is that European kitchens or any kitchens? North American. I,
1: I, I only worked in, in Denmark and in Canada in restaurants. Um it's not that different in European kitchens. This is this is cross-cultural. In Lebanon, it's the same. In Asia, I saw kitchens, it's the same. It's the same everywhere. Uh, why? Because who ends up in these jobs? We were talking earlier about, about me not having the courage to be a cook. Well, a lot of people don't have the courage to be a cook. So you end up getting people that didn't choose this. Life of a cook chose them. Why? Because they weren't accepted in other professions of society. So to find people that chose this life of cook, or that embrace the fact that the life chose them, but they wanted to make it uh, work. It's hard to create good corporate culture. You're not working at Microsoft or Google, uh, right? We don't have a, a uh, in restaurants. Not that we're not. We don't have a, a chief happiness officer in, in restaurants. but What you have is a chief shouting
0: officer. You get a staff meal. <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe
1: maybe you get a That's staff a- meal. I work in kitchens <laughs> where where we used to steal to eat because they weren't they weren't giving us food. Oof. So people used to steal to eat. Yeah, you, you eat the baguette at the end of service without anybody seeing you, before it goes mad. Um, very, very bad culture. Drug abuse. A lot of people use the drugs to be able to stand 16 hours. It's super hard physically. If you have kids, good luck. It's a um, super tough environment to be in. They don't have, um, you know, empathy training, diversity and inclusivity, how to give feedback all of these that we see in the corporate world uh, of business engineering, banking, consulting these professions, that culture doesn't exist. A lot of the cooks never went to school. You start as a dishwasher and you work your way up the ladder and they take pride in that. And I take pride in that, I respect that. But at the same time, they didn't necessarily have the proper ingredients to create a good corporate culture. And I think fundamentally that's where I'm going to uh, define the difference at Atica is coming from a good corporate uh, North American culture where I used to work before. I can bring that forward in, in being sure that people are heard, that people have a sense of meaning when they come to work and that we empower them to be the best version of themselves. And, and, and that's what they're looking for. They just, they love to cook. They want to be able to do it in a sane environment that makes them happy. And uh, our job is just to be enablers. These people don't need a motivation. They're here because they're crazy and because they love the work. We all love this
0: job. So people are coming to you because they sense that they can give it a shot in that industry because they were gonna find in, like a safe environment in which they can work. It's gonna to be tough like always, but at least they're going to be somehow protected from, from the abuses.
1: Exactly, it's gonna be a great place to work. It's gonna be a place where you're happy to come to work every day. We also welcome people that don't come from the industry. And we're one of the few restaurants that does that. A lot of people don't hire you if you don't have hospitality experience. We will take you on if you have the right mindset. Because skills skills are easy to find. We'll teach you the skills. We know how to serve and we know how to cook. We'll teach you that. But what we can not teach you is values. If you don't have values of humility of service, of selflessness, of attention to detail, these are things that that empathy, uh, understanding that you're on the client's side. you know one of my best inspirations is Danny Mayer. He says, hospitality is there when you feel like you're on the same side of the table with the client. and And that's why we're here. And those things we can teach. The rest we can teach you how
0: to how to work at a restaurant. Yeah. So the so we spoke about the concept, uh, then we spoke about the how to be able to, 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 to bring it to life uh, thanks to the team, because you all depend. Technology is one thing, we but, have other, the team. but the team is extremely important because without the team, you don't have a restaurant. Now I would like to, to, to segue on to the reason why you are doing Attica. Why is culture and food so important to you? And, and why did you, how did you come up with, with, first of all, let's start there. How did you come up with the concept itself of that multisensory experience linked to culture? And then we go on to the why is that so important for you? When I did
1: my MBA a couple of years ago, and I went to INSEAD, I knew I was going to do a food business coming out of INSEAD. I didn't know which one. And every day I used to wake up and, and write ideas down for businesses and then when i wrote idea 121 i ripped the paper and i knew it was the one and it was atika so i was looking for ideas in hospitality i knew that and i think why did i choose atika is because it it's the one that resembles me the most today i think in a startup the most important thing is to have a fit between the founder and the idea and in my case it was a natural fit i'm a multicultural person myself i'm Lebanese canadian I lived in, in multiple countries and I visited a lot and I love all the cultures of the world. So that's that's important. But also the multi-sensory part, it brings forward my passion for architecture, music, food, all these senses. But uh, this is why I said yes to Atika. But fundamentally, how did I come across the idea? It's I was reflecting about what are cultural experiences that we have around us today? The restaurants, the museums, the theater, the opera, the music, the, the, the movies, music, concert hall, each architecture, visual arts, plastic arts, all, uh, all these forms are cultural expressions, different forms of cultural expression, different forms of art. And the question was, can we do something a bit more holistic than that? I want to do something that unites all of these things together. Why? Because as a kid in Lebanon, I didn't travel much. And the way I discovered cultures was through their arts. and I ate a lot of sushi restaurants. And then at some point I realized I don't know anything about Japan because because sushi doesn't do it. But then when you listen to Japanese music, when you study their history, when you look at their art, their architecture, their drawings, paintings, then you start understanding more about the culture. And when I visited and I had the chance to visit Japan two years ago, I realized that it is the culture I had in mind. So I understood quickly that mixing many forms of arts helps you appreciate a culture. And finally, I think if we, I want to make a dent in my life in cultural curiosity. If only by introducing you to a culture that you didn't know before through a multi-sensory evening, I got you curious enough to go ask questions about that country. If you've never, I've had guests that I served in Paris in my house. I served them a Lebanese wine. They didn't even know we had wine in Lebanon. When I served them that, a week later, they call me and they say, actually, have you had heard of Fay the Lebanese singer? So suddenly it starts with food and it goes somewhere else. And then next thing you know, they're calling me for recommendations to take their kids to vacation in Lebanon. And I think that that's exactly why I'm doing this project is because food is a great doorway to cultures, but then to push it forward, we need to look at other uh, forms of art and, and, and all I want is to, to get you curious about all these cultures of the world. That, that's what makes me happy.
0: How did you come up with the name Attica?
1: Attica, yeah. it's uh, I wasn't there. It took, it took two, three months to get the name right. And uh, Attic is the space where we store our souvenirs, objects that help us travel in time. And then the ticket is an object that helps us travel in space. And Attica is about traveling in time and space to discover different cultures.
0: Oh, nice. so
1: that's that's how I put the name together, and that's I, I then realized that sounds good. Ancient Greece, Attica is the name of Athens as well, it's spelled differently, but it sounds the same.
0: Here we get the so we get the idea of, of, of why you you know culture is so important, and that culture is is a gateway uh, that you can access to through food. So. Usually, as you were saying, you know, when you, when you go to a place that you've never been before, first thing that you're going to know about the culture itself is the food, and then you start to discover the rest. Between the moment you kind of knew that you wanted to do this, and where you stand now, because you're going to be uh, opening in a few months, what kind of journey was that, and how did, because as you were saying, entrepreneurial life is very complicated. How do you keep the faith? How do you keep on going? Because it's not easy every day.
1: Yeah. Here's what I can tell you about the journey. It was a multi-sensory, multicultural roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's filled with emotions, yeah, highs and lows. A lot of people told me that the project is impossible and it's, it's way too ambitious. Maybe the world is not ready. And um, maybe we don't have technical capabilities. It's, there's always a million reasons to say no. And there's one reason to say yes. And that reason is helpless optimism. When, when you work in a, in a business, when you choose a career like the one I chose, the career of the restaurateur, you're fundamentally an optimist. We hope that the client's going to show up when they reserve. We hope that the fish is going to come on time. We hope that our staff uh, will show up to their chefs. We're optimistic about everything. And we hope that, yes, all the stars will line up and we'll all have a good time. We're in the business of selling people smiles. That, that's what we do. We smile them, we, we sell them moments that make them smile. So we are beyond optimistic. Restaurateurs are, are we were the first businesses that opened after COVID. We're, we're the first guys that smiled. We believed in, in a and in better days, we were, we were the one opening the bottles of champagne to celebrate with people. So optimism is what keeps me going, remembering that you're doing this for a higher purpose. And yes, there's a delayed sense of satisfaction and that's okay, the best things in life take time. So how has it been? It's uh, It's been great. Uh, the important part was surrounding myself with people that are way smarter than me. That was absolutely fundamental. I seek partners that are great at what they do on the on the projection side. We have good partners on the sound side, the culinary side, on the perfume, on real estate, the architecture, investors. We have people that invested at Atika from gastronomy, from retail, from tourism, from entertainment. We have people from banking, from music, from multi-sensory psychology, and and, and that's very important. It's it's the get everybody on board so that we can go on this journey together.
0: What would be for you, your definition of success? Let's say Attica opening night, people go to the restaurant. They experience that journey that you're going to give them through uh, a dinner with all the multisensory experience. They go out what would you? What would be for you success when they go out? What would they say, or what would you love to hear them say, or?
1: In the restaurant, I want to see smiles. So see smiles are, are a great way of knowing it was good, but you're right, Attica, how do you know that Attica work compared to a regular restaurant is actually on your way home. I want, if I'm a fly on the wall, I'd like to hear people talk about something beyond the food, something beyond entertainment. I want to hear them ask questions and be curious. Something like, hey, I didn't know that that this culture resembles our culture this way. Hey, I had no clue that they had beautiful spaces like that or their music sounds like our music or I didn't know that their food tasted as good or that could be worked at gastronomic level. I had um, categorized this culture as street food. I never saw them as gastronomy. If you have questions like that, if you have observations that that make you change your perspective and get you a little bit more curious about some person that is different from you in the world, that's success for us. That's the questions that people ask on their way out.
0: Oh yeah, so you should be receiving lots of emails afterwards. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And and you know, like already we did a prototype a couple of years ago, it was about an island in Crete, uh, uh, an island in Greece that's called Crete and we had a wedding in Crete prototype And then the questions we were getting went everywhere from, hey, uh, what is the history behind Crete and how was it created? To why do people do things like that in, in Cretan weddings? And then to, do you have any recommendations for places to visit when I go to Crete? Or can you put me in contact with a musician or with an olive oil producer or this or that? And all these questions are signs that we succeeded because it went beyond the restaurant. It went beyond an entertainment moment it went into cultural curiosity. And, and that's what we're,
0: that's the reason we We can wish you all the best of success. We're getting close to the end Thank you, of the interview, but before we end, there is the people questionnaire. <laughs> so it's the first thing that comes to your mind. So we we, we start to to, to to get to know you, but now we, we, we'll, we'll get to know another part. Uh, are you ready? Let's rock and roll. Okay. So what's your favorite word? Thank you. What's your least favorite word? Impossible. What's your favorite virtue? Humility. What's your favorite quality in a man? Generosity. What's your favorite quality in a woman? Generosity. What wine or dish or ingredient would you use to describe yourself?
1: going to go with wine because you said it first and, and you anchored me. Uh, 1999, Chateau Musach.
0: So if I started with ingredients, what ingredient would you use to describe yourself? Or to anchor a tomato. Okay.
1: And a dish? A dish... Uh, Rolled cabbage rolls, uh, stuffed cabbage rolls from Lebanon.
0: Oh, (laughs) malfoof mehshi. Yes. In other words, what is your favorite curse word? Shit. Uh, What sound or noise do you love?
1: A forest uh, during the fall season. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, Broken glass.
0: What plant or animal would you like to be reincarnated in? Lobster. A lobster? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's the first one. That one, <laughs> they don't uh, they don't end up very well sometimes. <laughs>
1: they, 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 they don't end up very well. The, the reason I like lobsters is uh, I'm not go sure ahead,
0: if we ahead. should expand. Go, there. go go ahead, go no, ahead. Yeah, because there's, there's two this one that was really you know, you got the dolphins and the lions and stuff like that. Lobster, <laughs> like, no, lo- lobster. There's an ancient reason
1: why. And uh, ancient uh, philosophers and psychologists have studied lobsters a lot um, because. They are the best at at, uh, at reading the other party and understanding uh, the feelings of their opponent. When, when two male lobsters are fighting, they're super good at understanding the other party's uh, psyche and, and how confident or not confident they are. And that's always an ability I so far wish to have, which is understand what people are thinking. Okay. And then the second reason was, as uh, so a lobster is a bit like me, it's an underappreciated underdog. In the old days, it used to be served to prisoners in in island prisons. So people used to fish, take the fish to the rich, and then lobsters, because it takes a lot of work to open a lobster and and eat what's inside, you give it to prisoners. And then one day, rich people tasted it by mistake, and they loved it. So it became a delicacy as we know it today. But lobster Mm -hmm. was a totally underappreciated uh, uh, dish served to. And I'm a bit like that in my life. I'm, I'm... I've always been the underdog uh, that, that nobody thought would make it. And uh, at, at, at some instances in my life, I, I tried to, to, to create because some the delicacy. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for that food history. <laughs> and the last question if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
1: You're right on time for dinner.
0: Ramzi Saadeh. Thank you very much. Thank you
1: for having me, Antoine. It was a it was a pleasure. Thank you.